This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. It's Euler and Motes. Motes and Euler (laughs) (laughs) on Steeler Nation Radio. (laughs) You like my remix right For a second there, I thought that uh, like Malibu's most wanted was on the TV here. I I was just, you know, it just caught me in the mode right there. It just felt right to to drop one of those. You know what I mean? (laughs) So, yes, indeed. This is no longer Euler and Motes. This is Motes and Euler because it's a Tuesday takeover and I do this. You crack me up. But, uh... Power Grid Megawatts, man, we said we were going to talk about two running backs in particular that keep, you know, popping up in terms of being mocked to the Steelers. Mm-hmm. Now, the two running backs I'm talking about, Javante Williams, running back out of UNC, and then uh, Najee Harris, the running back out of Alabama. Um, obviously, Travis Etienne has been in those conversations, but a lot of people are anticipating him being gone before yeah, we had the opportunity to get him. I would be shocked if he's not a top 20 pick. Yeah. Shocked. I would be as well. He is. I mean, he's... There's there's those guys every once yes. in a while, Motsi, that you just watch their tape and they mm-hmm. just jump off the screen at you. Absolutely. Travis Etienne has been that guy for two years now. And I do think out of those three guys I just named, I feel like Travis is the clear-cut guy. I agree. Compared to the other two. I think the other two, I know people keep saying, well, they're not going to be available. They're not going to be available at 24. They won't be available in the second round. I'm not – I don't think that that's, you know, a, a foregone conclusion just yet. Right. I think about the draft last year, and it reminds me of this one a lot. Ton of quality running backs, right? You got your Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. You have your J.K. Dobbins. You have all the list of these Jonathan other guys. Taylor. Your Camp Akers, right? Yep. And we all would be saying, man, these guys are all first-round talents. Swift. This guy has to go in the first round. He can't go in the second round. He can't go in the third round. And what did we see with all those guys? Almost, Only one went. I was going to say almost all of them went in the and, second round. And the round. one that went in the first round went the last, last pick. pick of the first round. <laughs> So, to me, as much as people think that Najee Harris is not going to be there in the second round, I don't agree with that personally. I, the same with Javante Williams. I do not agree with it. Based on the things that we've seen, based on the running back market. There, Motes, is a better chance that those two guys are available at 55. Absolutely. Than that ETN yes. is available at 24. Yes, I agree. If that, if that makes sense. Yes, absolutely. I agree with that, man. I think that that's going to be one of those scenarios, which is why I figured that, hey, man, we should focus on these two backs because I like it. we know – in terms of the hierarchy of needs, running back is in that top three. Regardless oh, how you want to slice sure. it, you could say O-line, meaning guard, center, left tackle. You could say quarterback, okay? But running back is always going to be in that yeah. conversation. We know that organization has made that very clear. That's been a reoccurring theme regardless of who's been speaking. Mr. Rooney, Kevin Colbert, Mike Tomlin. Does not matter. They've all said similar things. Yeah. So with that being the case, Kind of got to talk about this thing. Who would you who, would you rather have a, a Javante Williams or a Najee Harris? And before me and you deep dive into it, this is why I want the power grid to get involved. Oh, for sure, megawatts power grid. Let me know which of these two running backs would you rather have on the Steelers next year? Javante Williams, like I said, running back out of UNC, or Najee Harris, running back out of Alabama. Hit us up on the Twitter.com, at TheBody52. TheBody. At Wesley Euler. The good hair. Now, let's talk about these two guys. So, we obviously know a lot more about Najee Harris because he was on Alabama. We got to see him a lot longer because of the playoffs. He also has what? That recency bias as well because we got to see him dominate during the playoffs. We got yeah, to we see did. him on the biggest stage. I mean, he was just just become a man in front of us, <laughs> he man. He was just he was just dogging people. So out so there. anytime you get a situation like that, obviously 
initially everybody always was just assumed that hey it has to be Najee it has to be Najee but when we really deep dive and look into it a lot more, I don't think it's as clear-cut as people are making it, man. Now, from a statistical standpoint, Najee Harris had 251 attempts, had 1,466 yards on the ground, 26 touchdowns, had an average of 5.8 yards per tote. It's pretty that's, impressive. That's pretty good. It's pretty, I mean, it's pretty impressive. Know, it doesn't quite touch my numbers personally, but that's pretty good. It's pretty impressive. Now, his counterpart, Javante Williams, running back out of UNC. Now, Najee is a senior. Javante is a junior. Correct. There is a difference there age-wise. So, as a junior, 157 attempts, 1,140 yards, 19 touchdowns, 7.3 yards per tote. That's insane. So, once again, crazy in terms of per tote because just, just the reason why I throw in the, the per carry, most of the time, you're, I mean, at the NFL level, these backs are obviously averaging close to five yards per carry, right? That's the sweet spot. That's the sweet spot. Even though I still feel like that number is a little bit skewed because realistically, guys aren't running and getting five yards every time they touch the ball. No, you're trying to get it's, three yards every time. Three, 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 three and seven, a half to four. Two, right. It's nine. It's right. four. It's then you maybe bust a thirteen. Absolutely. Sixteen yarder. Yeah, but but that's that's a part of. It. But just to see these averages being that high, it's impressive. That's very impressive. Now the thing that I, I, I like about this is this, right? Both of these guys are very similar in size. Obviously, Najee is six two two thirty. Javante 5'10", 220. Now, Travis Etienne is about 5'10", 203, 205. So, you can see Javante is kind of in between those two guys. But when I look at this productivity from Javante, I said, man, what? About 300 yards shy and seven touchdowns less. Yep. And about 100 less carries. About 100 less carries. Because on top of that, Javante did share the backfield with another running back, right? He did. And he's going he's gonna to be slated to go right after these two. He's in that next class yep. of backs, right? Yep. That kind of second, that third, fourth round. Correct. Tier. Yeah. But, but when I think about the running back position as a whole, when I think about the shelf life, this becomes a big deal. Yeah, that's where I was coming with this, too. You got, you got a four-year guy versus a three-year guy. You got the four-year guy that had 100 more carries this year, whereas the third-year the third guy had split carries and still productivity mm-hmm. was just in that same ballpark. I really like the uh, the amount of tread that mm-hmm. Javante Williams still, in theory, has on those tires. Absolutely. And when I think of both of their styles throughout their careers, Najee, obviously, bruiser. you know, he, he's a bruiser. He's a thumper. He wants to run you over. Javante, though, even though he can do that, he has a lot more make-you-miss ability. I think – I forgot what it was, but he had some, like, crazy number in terms of forced missed tackles this year. Okay. Like, it, it was – oh, my goodness, was it 70 or 80 missed tackles he forced? It was something just insane. And then we obviously know the game that he had against Miami where he had was 400 yards. Total offense is just insane. Yep. That was the – that's the one. You that was the breakout the game. That, that was game crazy. He's running dudes over. Yeah. He's running around guys. Jumping I mean, over is, it like it didn't matter. Like, yeah. he did everything, He looked man. like Saquon Barkley no, in, that, ser- in seriously. that game. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. And this was when the U, the, this was supposed to be the big game for them, too. Yep. It wasn't a, oh, it's just, you know, the U was a bum. Like, no, no. This was supposed to be a legit game. And this, this was one we top 25 matchup. Right. And yeah. this one we saw was like, oh, either this dude is the next coming of Jesus or Miami <laughs> need to fix their recruiting. <laughs> Because something ain't right here. This dude looks too good. Yeah, no one should look that good against the U, right? It's the U. Right, right. It's, it's, it's not like you're playing, you know, West Virginia Community Technical well, Institute. Hey, take it easy I ain't say West Virginia University. <laughs> See, I, I gave you some respect. I know, you did. I gave you some respect, you know? You tried to wind me up there at first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just easy, big fella. That, that 30-year-old got you a little high strong. <laughs> but when I think of both of those guys, though, man, though that becomes the nitpicking part of it, oh, right? Oh, for sure. So that, that's what I know from you. It's like, funny. how do you handle first, that, right? That's one of the first things I thought, too, was, you know, when you and I uh, originally kind of said that we were going to have this conversation and we started doing some of our research earlier, 
I mean, it's it's amazing. Like you look at how productive Javante Williams has been, and he's done it, and he hasn't even sniffed two hundred touches. Like hasn't even sniffed close to two hundred touches. Think about that, man. While 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 at, most touches he's had in the season is one hundred and sixty six. Right. That's crazy. That's crazy. Meanwhile, Najee Harris two hundred and fifty one. And it, it, he had two hundred and nine a year ago. Travis, <laughs> e, Travis Etienne two hundred and seven. You know what I mean? Like that's up there. So I was thinking a lot about that, Moats, and how you could think, okay, hey, uh, not only is Javante a year younger, you know, he's got less wear and tear mm-hmm. on that vehicle. You know, the, the the transmission and the tires are still nice and fresh. Mm-hmm. And and I I I think that that's something to be excited about, something to be encouraged by. But you know what? When I started to when my mind started to wander a little too far in that regard, let's do it. You mm-hmm. know what I came back to? What'd you come back to? You know who, when you look at the usage of like Najee Harris, mm-hmm. and you're like, man, that's a lot of. I mean, it's been four years. Mm-hmm. He's had over 200 touches two of those years. You know, a lot of catches as well too. Probably go Jonathan Taylor, right? Because yeah, he had a ton of touches coming out. It's a good one. Mm-hmm. I was thinking more local though. Lev Bell. Yeah, he was another one. Lev yeah. Bell was a guy who his mm-hmm. usage at Michigan State was off the charts. Yes. And that's something that we talked about mm-hmm. when he was drafted is, you know, is, is this yeah. going to be a guy who's already got, you know, some some wear and tear on those tires? Mm-hmm. And he certainly was not. I think we would but, all. See, I think this is the difference, though, right? When we really think about L. Bell since Michigan State, how many elite L. Bell years did we see? He was here for, what, four years, right? First year he got hurt. First year maybe he had to live Frank, had to fix the foot. It's true. Second, third year. Well, was it the third? Yeah, it was his third year where he got hurt early versus the Bengals. And then he obviously had that final year where he went crazy the 400 touches the back-to-back years. Then from there, we've seen what? In New York, it ain't looked that like that anymore. It's true. Kansas City didn't look like that. So that's my only See. question with that. I mean, we got what a solid two and a half of dominance from him. Yeah. But that's still a very small no, window. That's a good point. That's a Oh my gosh, Arthur Motes! You want to guess how many carries Lev Bell had his last year at Michigan State? It was like three hundred, right? Take a guess. Yeah, it was three. Three hundred eighty-two. Yeah. I must say, I knew it was up there. Yeah, yes, oh my yes. And he, and he had thirty-two receptions, yes. so he had over four hundred yeah. touches. The reason his, I remember, the reason I remember it being That's high, insane. the reason I remember it being high, because oh. when they were talking about him sitting out, and they he said charged for child, like, child like, labor at Michigan when, State. When, when he talked about sitting out, and he talked about the four hundred touches back to back years, oh we looked back God. at the Michigan State. It was like, yo, he's been done this multiple times now. In this short window, like that's crazy. He had, if you combine his rushing attempts and his Dude. catches, mm-hmm. he had 414 touches his last year at Michigan State. That's a ton for almost 2,000 yards. That's a ton, bro. It's ridiculous. So, so that's even ridiculous. though it's like I hit, I'm just like, no, you're right. That's that's a lot. Now, granted, Najee wasn't to that extent, but that's still a lot. You know what would be nice, Arthur Motes, is if. Kind of the scenario that we talked about where one of those really highly rated, like a Rashawn Slater, falls yes, to you at pick yes. 24. Mm-hmm. And then at 55, one, one of, of Najee and Javante yes. there. You, you could just take that. Absolutely, That to man. me would be – I would sign for that in blood right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. And like I said, I still don't think that it's too far-fetched. I don't either. The, the way the running back market has been – Everyone's going to be reaching for quarterbacks this and, year. And think about this on, on top of that. It's a sexy wide receiver you, you, year. You still have GMs that just are under the belief that you don't touch running backs in the first round. Not even if they're good enough. Right. You just don't do it just because don't do of it. a value standpoint. value standpoint. So yeah. to me, understanding that and knowing that Travis Etienne is the clear-cut guy, and I don't even think he's going to be a top 10 pick right now. I think he's gone top 20. 10 to 20. But I don't think he's going to be in that top 10. 
I think that pushes these other guys back, man. Yeah. No, I, I think you're right because obviously, I mean, the first domino has to fall before right. the – you know what I mean? And if we look on the teams that need running backs and you look at the available people that are going to be there during those time, it's like, man, you're not going to pass up on this particular prospect – to draft this running back, you know, at, at, at twenty or at nineteen, you're not going to do totally that. Agree. You're going to take this receiver. You're going to take this 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 tackle. You're going to take that quarterback. If not, that quarterback is falling to us, or that guy's going to fall to us. I just don't think they're, these teams are going to operate like that, man. So the Jets are right in front of the Steelers, right? That mm -hmm. pick that they got for Jamal Adams, yep. the first rounder from the Jamal Adams trade with the Seahawks. Jets aren't taking a running back at twenty three. Mm -mm. I mean, Why would you? Maybe if Travis Etienne's there, and they, you know, they go if they go quarterback or whatever they're going to do at pick two. And then and then something like that, but the Jets aren't going to do it. Tennessee Titans, they're not taking a running back. They don't need they a running back. They got this guy Derrick Henry. He's hey, pretty good. Uh -huh. You might have heard of Continue. him. Continue. The Indianapolis Colts. They got, they got look, a guy named Jonathan Taylor. Along, along, if they really want to get a running back, they could just re-sign Marlon Mack for the cheap. He's coming off an Achilles injury. Like, what are we talking about? And who's the other other than Jonathan Taylor? They oh, they got the. Other, oh my goodness. Oh, it's, so it's Jonathan Taylor, Marlon Mack, and I forgot that. Oh my goodness. Doesn't his name kind of sound like Najee Harris? Oh my gosh. <laughs> What's his name? This is oh, what we talking about. Oh my. Hines. Yes, yeah, yeah. Naheem Hines. Hines. Yep. yep. Yeah, they're not. The, they, yeah, they're Chicago, they're not worried about Chicago that. Chicago Bears to pick twenty. Probably not. Don't they still got uh? Was it Tariq Cohen out there? Right. Yep. They got and, Tariq Cohen. No, no, it's somebody and, else. Uh, oh my goodness. The guy from Iowa State. But they have two good running backs mm -hmm. in Chicago. That's not happening. Washington football team at pick 19? No, no, Is that no. what they're going to use their first round Think pick about who they, You don't know. Washington got their running back. Oh, yeah. Antonio Gibson. What are Antonio we talking about? Antonio Gibson. I'm about to say, yeah, yeah, all right. <laughs> okay, the Miami Dolphins at 18. Maybe. Okay. Maybe. Now, this is the issue with the Dolphins because the Dolphins have two picks in the first round. They got third Correct. and the 18. Correct. Now, I've seen them mocking Jamar Chase, the receiver, at three. And then I've also seen them go O-line at 18 and then draft quarterback as the first pick of the second round. Like I said, they got four picks in the top two in the top two rounds. The Raiders, they're the interesting Raiders one. Though. They're the interesting one. They're not taking a but running this back. This is the thing, though. <laughs> this is the thing, though. If the Dolphins were to take a running back, right? What other? Uh, I'm trying. What, what other teams have we talked about so far to get a running back? So you think that they're going to go Najee or or Javante over Travis Etienne? If that's the first team we're talking about being able to take a running, I don't see that happening. I don't see that either. Vikings at 14. They're not taking one. This guy Dalvin Cook, he's pretty good. Yeah, I heard of him before. I don't see Bill Belichick using his first round fifteenth overall pick on a on a running back. <sighs> Boatsy, I mean, it could be a scenario, you know, where it gets to like pick fifteen in the Patriots because yeah, somebody trades right. back up to or trades in to get a guy mm -hmm. like Travis Etienne. Because like I look at it like this, right? Detroit, you can make a case they could use a running back. Granted, they drafted DeAndre Swift a year ago, so probably won't. But they pick at seven. You're not taking Etienne or no. any of these backs at seven. Atlanta Falcons, right? No chance. They're not taking. I don't see them going at, at eight and taking that. You know those guys. No, they're going to take a quarterback or a, or, or a left tackle. I just personally think that's what they're going to do, man. Yep. Yeah. You know what? As you look at it and you start to look at needs, there's not a team in front of the Steelers that bounce that, that like jumps off the pages. Oh yeah, they're going to take a running. Maybe the Chargers at thirteen. I could see. Mm -hmm. Taking Travis, you know, nice, nice running back, young running back to pair with with Herbert for the, in the next six, six, yeah. seven years. But there's not a team that you look at that you think, oh yeah, like, like. And this is the thing: it's not saying that they don't need a running back, right? But would they take a running back with their first pick no. in the draft? No, I, I don't see them doing that. Especially at that early in the first round. Like, you know where I could see one going in the first round, pick 25, after the Steelers, the Jags' second first-round mm -hmm. pick? Yeah, but they're not going to do it with their first one. No, they're taking Trevor yeah. Lawrence. And if there's if there's not an offensive lineman Cleveland, or somebody there, Cleveland doesn't like need a 20, running back. Huh? Cleveland are stacked <laughs> in the backfield. Are you kidding me? Yeah, you know what? But there's, there's not many teams in the NFL right now that are truly crying out for running right. back.
There's and, not. and if you're taking a running back in the first round, you're saying, hey, this is a generational talent. I need this guy. He's coming in to save us. None of those teams we just read off are going to need that right now. No, not at all. And you know what, Motsi? Um, I mentioned the Jags. They got James Robinson had a great year last year. Mm-hmm. You heard how Coach Thomas spoke on that dude, man. But obviously it's tape. You look at the tape, man. The tape shows up for him. So what if we get to pick 24, Motsi, and there hasn't been a running back taken yet? Well, that's where it gets interesting, right? <laughs> that's where it gets really interesting. Because you ask yourself now, okay, well, and we'll get into this in terms of the philosophy of the draft, right? Positional need, best player available. It's a big difference between the way you handle both of those scenarios, right? Best player available means when I'm picking at 24 – if, let's see, if Caleb Farley from Virginia Tech, the cornerback, was there, he's supposed to go a top 10 pick, right? If he was there at 24, do we technically need a cornerback right now? Not at not at pick 24, but if a guy like that is available, you take that guy at 24 because he's the best player on the board. It's clear cut. Think Cam Hayward when we drafted him. I was just going to say Cam Hayward. We didn't need a Cam Hayward no, at that they time. They had just taken Ziggy Hood in the exactly. first round a year or two before. But because he was available at 32 and he should have been a top 15 pick, you take him. He was top 20 on their big board. Yep. They got him 11 picks, 12 yeah. picks after where they had him ranked. That's And, and you know what? Mm-hmm. At the time, a lot of people were saying, Oh man, really? I mean, you're gonna go. You know, you, you got Aaron Smith, you, you got Brett Kiesel. You, you don't just need that. Z- I mean, not a reach, but you don't need that guy. Yeah, right. You, you don't need that's overkill. Eleven years yeah. later, now is anybody complaining about that? Not at all. And you know what, Motsi? I, I told you this before the show that I, I had a a take on uh, related to this mm-hmm. that I wanted to float out to you, and I think it kind of pairs with the, you know, what you just said. There's there's a lot of stubborn football people that will just automatically drag their feet and say, No, I'm not taking a running back uh-huh. that high. Kyle Pitts, the talented tight end out of Florida. Mm-hmm who a lot of people are projecting as a top 10 pick. I've noticed him yesterday and this morning being a big topic. You know, it's like they go from the quarterbacks, then they go to the wide receiver. Don't you know they always? I mean? it's just like week, isn't that like, always the case? It's like the same week, Dan Patrick, Colin Cowherd, uh, Greeny on ESPN. They're, they all talk about the same. It's like they all get together on their different networks, and they're mm-hmm. like, all right, this is wide receiver week. All right, all right, wide all receiver right. week. Are you ready? All right, all right. So all right. Wide receiver <laughs> I, I noticed yesterday they all started to talk about Kyle Pitts. And a lot of people are saying, yeah, you know, he might be better than uh, 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 the LSU, Jamar Chase. He might be better than Jamar Chase. He might be better than Devonta Smith. You think that, though? But he's – I don't know. But I'm just – I'm repeating, right? But but he's a tight end. You can't use a top ten pick on him. You can't – and I'm thinking about that, right? And I heard it literally when I was driving down here today. That's why I said to you, I want to talk about Kyle Pitts, and I've got a a BPA take. Mm, Okay, here we go. Here we go. A lot of people, the same people that are saying, you just – you can't draft a tight end in the top ten. You can't draft a tight end in the top 15, 20, whatever. Arthur Motes, if I were to tell you right now that Kyle Pitts is going to be the next Travis Kelsey, you're going to tell me you can't take that guy in the top 10. Why can't you? If I'm going to tell you right now that he's the next George Kittle, the next Rob Gronkowski, why can't you take – 10 years later when he's been an all-pro six times, no one's going to complain. I agree. I agree. He's available. You don't. You, I think why so. Don't you? I think I think so. Now, Kyle Pitts is one of those guys. I don't think there's any chance he's going to be there at 24. I strongly <laughs> agree with you on that. But are the most, if he was, I would sprint to the podium I'm like you saying like you saying Bolt to take that guy. I'm with you because we'd all be like, really? I mean, the offensive line, the run game. We're going to take a tight end. But ten years from now, when, when you know when we're talking about him as one of the best ten tight ends ever, mm-hmm. no one's going to remember that. No one's going to complain about that. I agree. I agree 100, man. But. That goes back to what we were talking about in terms of if you get these guys available, you do got to look into that. But we also know 
the ramifications <laughs> of that in, in, in our current situation because of a cap scenario, right? Yes, we do. So we don't have that added luxury of, oh, we just get the pieces we need in free agency. We just sign what we want to sign that way. We don't have that luxury. So now, granted, we are fortunate because, what, free agency will start before the draft. But I do think if free agency doesn't go the way that we want it to go, and obviously we're going to be very strapped for cash during that process, that could handicap us and handcuff us come draft time. It's true. Because you'll run into a scenario where you didn't get that left tackle in free agency. You didn't get a running back in free agency. You didn't get an interior lineman in free agency. And now that it's draft time, a guy like Kyle could be available to you. But when you know for a fact, I have these holes. And not just like little holes. Major holes. Yeah, like a crater. Absolutely. Like you can't ask Ben to come back older with less around him, but but expect more from him. That's 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 very tough. tough. That is tough to do. Because we've seen it. We've seen the BPA work out a lot. Mm -hmm. And we've also seen it the opposite way when you reach, right? I think a lot of people will say, uh, you know, like Artie Burns was a guy that the Steelers knew that they reached for. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just because there had been a run on cornerback corners that year, and they really needed one. Well, you remember that was the same year where uh, Cincinnati took the corner, right, uh, a pick before that. Mm-hmm. The, I, which one? Was, oh my goodness! Don't you just love it? Out of Michigan State, wasn't uh, the the de, de, was it Dequise Dequise Dernard or something like that, right? I remember Donald Robinson out of Michigan. No, 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 no. That's, that's shoelaces, man. I know. Yeah. Um, okay, so wait, it would have been the 2016 draft here. I could pull this yeah. up real quick. Um, ba, 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 William Jackson out ah, of Houston. That's what it was, yeah. Yep. Um, so I'm thinking the year prior to that then. was. There was where, also uh, Vernon Hargraves was that year. Yeah. Eli Apple was that year. Mm-hmm. Jalen Ramsey was that year. Yeah, there, yeah. Was, there was a nice run on corners there. Um, you and I have discussed this as well. Oh, you know, it stinks. Oh, no. I wish Uh-oh. I wouldn't have looked at this. Uh-oh. You know who won a few picks after Artie Burns, Arthur Motes? Don't you do it to me. Xavier Howard. <laughs> oh. oh, I might have heard of that guy before. Oh. You know, I just went down to Miami and just torched the one, league as a DB. Just another one of those big 12 studs on defense, cool. baby. Hey, you know, you know what I always find funny, though? As Steelers fans, we're quick to point out to, like, Dallas. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Y'all took Taco, huh? We got TJ. <laughs> But a scenario like that, we, we, ne- talk, we would never we talk, about talk about that. We don't talk about that. Jalen Smith, Xavier Howard, Derrick Henry, your boy Michael Thomas. <laughs> we, 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 we totally oh, just we just, totally just act like that didn't happen. Like, just, oh. You know what I need you to do? I need you to be like Will Smith in Men in Black and just flashy, <laughs> just flashy thing me right now and wipe that out of my memory completely. Every time I see it, I'm just like, oh, well, hmm, we, interesting. You and I have discussed, though, too. I mean, how long is it? It's, it's, it's been six, five, six, seven years that the football world has talked about, man, the Houston Texans really need offensive line help. Mm-hmm. Man, the Seattle Seahawks really need offensive line help. And we see those teams reach for, for guards and for tackles yep. every single year in the draft. So that's the, that's, the un, that's the tough part for me. That's the tightrope that's tough to walk, Moats, because you're right. I, it, it seems like this year, where normally I would always say, I'm a BPA guy. I am a BPA guy mm-hmm. through and through. Give me the best player available, you know, within reason. Right, right, right. Um, we're, we're, yeah, we're, not, we're not getting crazy if now. If the best player available at pick 24 is a wide receiver, I don't think I'm really that interested. Correct. You know, like, Correct. But, but within reason, give me the best player available. I'm glad you said that. Within reason. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, I just... <laughs> I don't know, Moats. It's tough because you're right. I mean, you can't just 
you can't say, oh, the best player available was uh, the, the corner that you mentioned from Virginia right, Tech. Right. And then the second round, the best player available was edge rusher out can't of do it. somewhere, right? Can't do it, man. Yeah, that's because free agent. Now, we'll see what happens in free agency. Right, and, we and, could and, sing a different tune by the time the draft does roll around. And we saw last year two very big surprise signings. Like Nobody the Wisniewski. Felt, listen, yeah. no, 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 not even, not even Wiz, because we, we, that was in the price range. Ebron, Derek White. Yeah. We didn't think that That's that true. could be feasible. That's Either true. one of those contracts. Who knows? We might get some surprise money again. You know? <laughs> it's tax season. Maybe we're going to get a surprise. You know, maybe Mr. Rooney was good on his taxes, and uh, we're going to get a little bonus money come free agency time. We can go ah, ahead and get somebody, you know? a stimulus check. Hey, they, they, <laughs> he definitely did a stimulus check, man. It's small business. It's mom and pop. We always talk about the still as a mom and pop run organization. So you know, get, get you one of them PP, the PPP loans. He'd be good to go, man. You know, we should, hey, you know what the uh, like Mr. Rooney should do? Like the Packers, there it is. Start start selling stock in the team. They're, oh, you're right. And then you just get a bunch of diehard Steelers fans who will Boom. write you two hundred dollar checks, and, and all you got to do is send them a letter back in the mail that says, "Congratulations, you're now partial owner of the franchise." And, and let's be real, we know for a fact, you know, still still nation, there's a lot of still nation out there. High money still nation, especially in Hollywood. I don't know if I've ever told you about uh, – so my, my, my uncle is a massive Packers fan. Okay, mm, okay. I feel um, sorry for him. I know, right? No, <laughs> uh, my brother-in-law is like that too, man. Born and raised in West Virginia, so he didn't have a, you know, a, a local team. Uh-huh. Loved Bart Starr, just kind of fell in love with the Packers. Okay. Um, he's one of those guys who, you know, like 14 years ago, whenever they sold more stock in the team, uh-huh. it was $200 a share. When he, he, got bought, he bought like $1,000 worth of shares. I like and it. And he's got this thing on his wall that, you know, says, congratulations, Rick Kaufman, you're a partial owner of the Green Bay Packers. Hey, hey partial I, owner. I, I like it. And I, like I remember it. being like 14 years old, 15 years old, and again, being at his house and him showing me that for the first time and him being like, you like that? You like that? And I said to him, I said, so, Unc, you wrote the Packers. A thousand dollar check just so you could hang this piece of paper on the wall and show yep. it to all your friends. Sure did. Yeah, sure did. Absolutely. Sure did. Yeah. So maybe we could do something like that, Motsi. I, I'm not opposed to said scenario. <laughs> not opposed to it at all. Uh, we got a lot of tweets rolling in here. You want to? We'll get to those absolutely. So what the, we'll do? We'll go to break those here. Yeah, we're gonna go to break right here, and then after that, we'll come back get to those tweets, and then we'll deep dive a little bit more into just that conversation of, you know, some of these players that will be available to us that are either best available or. A positional need. Sounds like most wants gonna, to do some hypotheticals. I've told you, you've impacted me in such a great way throughout yes. your 30 years of life. Yes. That's the one thing. That and the duality of man. <laughs> and the duality of man is this. You don't mind getting fined. I do. So we're going to break. This is Moats and Euler on SNR.